I think we'll begin, if we can, Luca, at digital sports. What are your kind of core philosophy or core thoughts on the way sport, particularly digital sport, has opened up opportunities for you and your business and maybe uh, for all others who are engaging with it through various platforms? Yeah, I mean, like, we've been in it for seven years and even longer for me when I was at Chelsea Football Club, so I've, I've seen the evolution of digital from it, from certainly from its inception. Yeah. And from our, from our perspective, I mean, we focus on, on helping organisations, brands, broadcasters and rights holders to achieve long-term sustainable commercial growth. So when I first started, obviously, social media and digital um, <clears throat> didn't really have a direct measurable impact on commercial returns unless you were doing you know uh, you know google ppc yeah. or you were doing search marketing particularly when social came along and particularly you know i set up chelsea's twitter and youtube in 2010 there was no direct return on investment it, it was about growing audience and community and that's where you know terms like community management came from because it, it, it certainly wasn't about managing customers now the market has shifted somewhat. We've seen a, a disruption of the sponsorship world and brands asking for more than just badges, banners, boxes. They're, you're seeing broadcasters challenged as well because of the rise of on-demand and subscription platforms. And the rights holders themselves, who, you know, when I was at Chelsea, we positioned ourselves as a media platform because we had significant reach and uh, brands would come to us. Now, yeah. The rights holders themselves also can no longer um, advertise that when they have 40 million people following them on a social media channel, they can't reach 40 million people anymore without having to pay the platforms to engage their entire audience. So we've seen a large amount of change in this space, and I think from my perspective, you know, our business has evolved because of these challenges. And when you have a business that that fully understands how to solve an organization's problem. That's essentially how a business cannot can sell a service. And uh, us as that we play, you know, we're seen as a specialist go-to agency for helping sports organizations, brands and broadcasters to achieve uh, scaled growth, scaled returns on their direct consumer market investment. So it's very much something that's different to a lot of the other agencies in the space that are, yeah. you know, developing content or activating partners, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, you know, that's that's really what we've built as our niche. I mean, I think Luca, that's a fantastic introduction for me. You know, and in way that the whole of my um, textbook is flowing because there's not been a great deal of. Uh, of not necessarily advocacy but there's not been a great deal of take up by a lot of the people that are clearly now uh, consumed, involved, some might say obsessively so in the whole realm of, of, of what digital sport means to a lot of people I'm interested to know because it's a question I'm asked most of all probably by mainly students or aspiring kind of career sports marketers do you still see that the, the, the content creation episode, if you like, of where uh, the voice of the, if I can use the term, the ordinary fan can be seen, can be heard and, 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 and is important to the people who are in the business? How do you deal with that kind of phenomena of uh, getting the fans involved or your appreciation of what they can do and contribute? Yeah, I think, you know, we live in a world now that's more cluttered than ever. Yeah. 
fans, consumers, people, etc. We all have access to media today. You know, gone, gone are the days of it being a very much a push environment where organisations and media would push content out that at us. Now it's very much a push-pull environment and influencers, athletes, people, etc. are what people now follow and buy into, also their badges and brands. That changes the dynamic, I guess. Um, brands now, if you want to create sustainable long-term growth, you need to have a clear proposition that resonates with your fans. And you need to know enough about what your fans want to be able to create propositions for them or with them. And that, that's, that's pretty standard. I mean, fans have been doing that for, you know, for years. Absolutely. Now yeah. it's, it's essential now that you and your fan base have a direct relationship and fully understand what, what it is that motivates them. Now, when you start looking at, you know, potential advocacy, influencers, ambassadors, and you look at, you know, the importance of that, if you're a small up-and-coming brand, it means it's much more important than being a global brand, mm. right? So if you're a, you're a worldwide global brand, you know, Manchester United and stuff, they don't really need... Mm-hmm. The landscape is a, is a challenger brand. Um, you know, only 1% can really afford to not have to try too hard or disrupt the way that they used to do marketing to make change. So the rest of the marketplace has to think. They have to think creatively. They have to look within the platforms, look at the algorithms, look at the dynamics of how fans currently engage with content, how they engage with the brands they follow. And they have to get creative with different types of solutions, campaigns, initiatives, activations, etc. So um, there's no one-size-fits-all. You know, mm. that, 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 that's quite key here. Um, good agencies will work with a brands from small startups right away through to global and that's important because it keeps the agency on their feet and uh, you can often as an agency, bigger agencies get lost in the big brand scape scope, the multi-million pound contracts and they don't really fully understand what how to market an organisation from nothing upwards and it's something that we, we really hold true to what we do is that no brand is too small um, certainly Budgets can be too small, but once the brand has, <laughs> has, has, a, has a budget and says, look, I have big ambitions, but I'm only three, four people and we want to grow this thing, you have to get creative because the things that we would do for, say, you know, AC Milan, one of our clients, are different to what we would do to a startup. And that's where you start looking at how we can engage ambassadors, how we can bring a small beta environment of, say, 100 to 200 people close to your product that can then introduce to a few thousand people of their network. There are lots of things that you can do. I mean, one of the things that you've really touched on, and it's almost going uh, almost seamlessly through some of the comments that you've made, you talked about in the early days and what you had to do, adapt and adopt and, and, and evolve. Yeah. Do you see, I mean, we players obviously have been very successful in this and what you're talking about, small you know, and big, you treat them all the same. How do you get a client and what, what are the kind of key benchmarks that you might use for being as successful as you are? Hmm. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I appreciate it's very kind of you to say that, that um, you know, our growth has, has certainly made an impact on the industry. We are uh, still, you know, a drop in the ocean in comparison with some of the larger more established agencies that have been around for maybe half, half a century. So we fully understand that, you know, at seven years old, we've we've made an impact, but we've got a long way to go. But when it comes to winning business, there's two ways 
of attracting potential lead. There's what comes to you and there's what you come out and find. Yeah. Now, if you build a brand and you build your marketing, your credentials, and you deliver great results, work will come to you. And the longer you do it, the more you put out into the marketplace, the more material you release, the more case studies you put out, the more conferences you speak at, etc. You create brand awareness and you turn it from a push to a pull environment, the same as if you were selling a product directly to a consumer. The audience comes to you. And we've done a good job, job at that. You know, if you were to look for... Yeah. You know, our keywords on Google, digital sports agency, digital marketing agency, sports, sports marketing agency, all those type of things, you'll see us somewhere around the top of page one on Google. And that's that's because we've built that brand. Segway from that is is then being a little bit more ambitious and going out and speaking to organizations that aren't coming to you and simply maybe because they're they're not in a vendor process. They're not looking for a new agency or maybe they're big enough that they always get companies come to them. So there you have to start getting creative. What, what we don't do is ever approach anyone with a generic, we're an agency, we work with these companies, you should work with us. We, 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 don't, we don't really employ that type of thing. What we do is we approach organizations by firstly doing a small piece of analysis to see what are the problems that we can identify initially from the outset. We would build some kind of initial three or four page presentation or something that's bespoke to them. And we'd go in and we'd say to them, listen, we, we recognize that whether it's you've got 25% attendance in your stadium that you need to fill, we can help you fill that. You've got a declining audience on social media. You've got problems with your content output. Your content is, is good, but it's great. We can help you develop that. It could be in many different things. And we go to them with couple of different things that would say how we can help them. We often go in with a test pilot. We don't go in and say we want one, two, year, three contracts. We always go in and say, hey, we're coming to you and we need to we need to make sure that, that you look at us and say, well, these guys come to us. What are they willing to do to get our attention? So we are in our, in our nature. You see everything about what we do is called performance-driven sports marketing. And what that means is being able to believe in the results that you will deliver enough that you are willing to offer something for free or a light cost up front. So we go in, we go to an organization that we've identified, we'll do three months at, at zero cost, low cost, whatever, and if we hit a KPI, you can give us a bonus, give us a longer term contract and that. We find the whole thing around performance, where you get into, today we're in, you know, in 2020 and brands can now do a lot of things themselves in-house, they're now looking for specialists. It's not about generalists. They're looking for depth. It's not about width. And they're looking for those agencies that tell them something they don't know, bring something new to the table with a different type of commercial proposition. And that's where we come in, and that's allowed us to scale quite quickly by, by being somewhat refreshing in the market. I mean, I love that word, uh, Luke, of refreshing. You know, we're all seeking to be different or, or, or the new. Uh, you've used a, a, a constant theme again through this about doing just that. I remember when I first started in a way teaching and lecturing in, in this brand new and very wonderful world we inhabit of sport business, sport marketing and I had a kind of background in PR and, and branding uh, and it was always the comment, you know, well how do you know it's working or what are the points of reference, you know, for return on investment, uh, etc, sponsorship and PR, particularly if I had that problem. Do you still think digital has that problem Problem, or how are you using, let's say, analytics or, or some of the new, uh, the new techniques and the new measurement tools that you can use yeah absolutely you know when, when, I, when I look back to when I started 
school journey. I graduated, I graduated in 2009. And, right. You know, I, I, remember, I remember going to the boss and CEO of Chelsea Football Club and asking him about investing into more content, you know, yeah. more platforms. And he simply, it was like, we can't measure it. It doesn't impact on our revenue, so I'm not going to do it. And, yeah. You know, at a time, you think, you know, that that's a bit short-sighted, but it was very pragmatic in a way because it's very much, we're a business. And... Uh, fast forward to where we are now, the whole game's changed. Like, we can measure absolutely everything. So we have the, one of the key things that we offer to the market is that is that we approach the sports industry as digital experts first. Yes. Sports, sports fans, sports experts. So my team comprises of specialists in the field of marketing and the cutting edge of where digital is today, and then appended onto that is a passion and an interest in sports. So what you get there is you get people who love the work they do and then love the organisations they work with. But it's not the same as what you find in a lot of sports, traditional sports marketing agencies where you get people who are you know, runners, cyclists, swimmers, yeah. play football, and then want to have a career and they want to work in marketing. It's very much different to that. So our people are specialists first. Now what that brings to the market is that we will challenge any non-sports digital agency like for life. You go to any digital agency yeah. that's working with anything from Kraft, Nestle, Mondelez, P&G, Unilever, the biggest global brands in the world, and you look at their digital agencies that are, you know, in, in amongst the five or six massive advertising groups of WPP, Habas, Publicis, you look at those agencies and they're considered best in class by what they do. We, we absolutely rival them on a technical ability. And when you bring that to one specific industry, it means that, you go back to what I said earlier about this is not a game of width, this is a game of depth. When you bring that to an industry, you find that a lot of our clients and that industry have never seen this level of detail before. Yeah. And then you talk about how we generated over £50 million in new revenue for our clients just in the last 12 months. And that's measured that's completely measured. That's seen as we play for this money to the table. It's not media value. It's not if we bought this page in a PR, you know, in a PR campaign, what it would be worth if we had to pay for it. All of that. It's nothing to do with that. What this is 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 direct, measurable returns from strategies and activations we've we've developed. So it's all now measurable, and that's where the game has changed. I mean, I'm almost stunned in a way, and for me that's quite unusual, Luca. Um, I don't do patronising, but in a way what you've just said is absolutely everything um, that a lot of my career, and certainly the way we've engaged in things that we've done, that have brought about this textbook on digital sport marketing. So it is refreshing, it's reassuring, but let's try and just, if I can, now bring a, a little bit of summation to everything. I think the thing that just stands out there, I, I, I recall my early days in uh, in radio and my then latter days, as it were, in developing sports marketing courses. And one of the first questions I always ask people, you know, if, you, if you're interviewing for a radio job, you know, do you want to be in radio or do you want to be in sales? Or, you know, if you're coming to study sport business, 
you know, are you coming because you're a great sports lover or are you coming because you understand that you need to learn how to apply sport in a business context? And I think what you've done uh, and, and what I'd like to think that the, the textbook is going to be about, you know, kind of echoes and resonates there. If you were predicting, it's a horrible question, I know, but some of the changes that are happening, you know, you talked, I think, in the very first question comment about disruption and some of the things that are going to even change the landscape more for good and bad, how would you kind of put some summations to some or all of those thoughts, Luca, to finish off with? So, so, I mean, I, I, I'm not one, Alan, for predictions, yeah. if I'm honest. I, I think that's, if, I'm, if, if I use a better phrase for it, I think it's all a bit horseshit, if I'm honest. And <laughs> um, too many people around me are singing and they're, 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 they care mostly about headlines and all that garbage. I don't really care. Like, I, I care about building a business and... and solving problems that customers and, and our clients have right now. So for me, I, I see more of the same. You know, I mean, okay. we are one of the OG, only agencies in the EMEA region to have a, a global partnership with Facebook. Um, we have a, a partnership with Google. We're working very closely with these organizations. And what's, what's evident is the value of sports to the advertising marketplace. Yeah. You look at it and you think... Sports brings an incredible amount. You look at two and a half, maybe three billion people using social media, and you think well, about a third of those people have an interest in sport. What that means is that when these sports rights holders, broadcasters, and brands post content on these social channels, that uh, gravitates fans together. And what that means is it creates a platform for advertisers to then show their messages to more people because sports has brought more people to these, these platforms through those fantastic moments of sports, sports is favourite sport. Now, when you look at that and you think of that economic um, transaction that is happening between all of the, between the technology companies, between the publishers, between the consumers, you look at that and you think that's only here to stay. Sports is, is evidently one of the single biggest drivers of consumer engagement uh, in the world, right? Yeah. And you look at that and you think, right, what are the predictions? Well, the platforms are going to continue to evolve, yeah. that's for sure. Uh, you can go deep and you can look at Instagrams, you know, if the algorithm is certainly um, playing in the favour right now of organisations as they want more people to post more content, whereas Facebook has reduced a lot of that organic reach and made it a pay-to-play environment. Yeah. You look at the same with platforms like Snapchat and Twitter, and you're going to see more of the same. You're going to see these platforms deepening their deepening their ability to attract advertising dollars from, from customers. And you're going to see consumers probably getting more and more uh, appeased by the fact that they're seeing more and more ads. And eventually what happens is that marketing does tend to ruin everything. Everything that ever good came out <laughs> and makes it, makes it you know, annoying to consume. So I believe at some point we're going to move into, a, into an environment where it's either going to be new types of platforms, new types of, of ways that audiences, that consumers can consume, more paid, more pay-to-play environments for consumers where they'll be willing to pay for environments which aren't advertising at them. So you'll be looking at, this is why the world of OTT is quite interesting because yeah. you move that content into an environment where there are no advertisements and it's purely the content I watch and people, they care more about their time than they do about their money. You start seeing those things start to happen. So from my perspective, I think if I was going to say a prediction, I'm going to say that we're in a place right now where the industry is still learning about it being a free-to-market environment and then being a pay-to-market and consume environment. 
And I think we'll see more of those great experiences that cost anything from 99p upwards start to evolve. And we'll see a lot more people start to recognize. I care more about the experience I get than I do about money. And I'll be willing to pay for those experiences. I mean, I'm just going to ask one final question. I always try to weave education into it, and you've almost touched upon it there, that the industry is or will learn things. You went to your CEO at Chelsea, you know, relatively new and everything else, and talked about what you'd like to do all the way forward, and it was kind of, you know, you hit the wall with him or her or on a pragmatic basis. Have you found it much easier, or is there still a, a little bit of a block when you make the first moves or you suggest something creative, new, in digital, or are they getting better at being more receptive, I suppose, is my question. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's infinitely better. You, got to look, you only have to look at that every single sports organisation brand and broadcaster is on social media. Right? Yeah. There is no organisation probably the world over um, that doesn't really advertise on these platforms other than, I think, Apple don't, don't really advertise on these platforms. They don't really need to. They have a Facebook page and they probably have about 50 million followers on it, but they don't really advertise and that's because of who they are. But everybody else recognises that they need to be out there. Now... What that does is it means that there is a continuous self-education piece happening in these organisations because there is a continuous um, transaction happening between, or, you know, probably a better word for it, it's an engagement happening yeah. between fans, fans and brands. Now, once you see that happening, it's addictive, right? You know, the first time that, the first time we got onto Twitter and we saw, wow, the 10 followers are the 20 yeah. followers, that becomes addictive and you're checking those stats endlessly. Correct. And yeah. So you see, once you see these, these CEOs, these CMOs, these CTOs, Chief Revenue Officers, Chief Information Officers, whatever you call them, once you see these people and you recognise that they deal in the same metrics that you understand, they care about growing their brands, which is a brief metric, they care about building a fan base, which is about engagement and data, and they care about making money. Once you go in and you understand those things, you can communicate on the language, where it makes it infinitely easier because you offer something and you know that's what they want. There is never a world where they don't want to grow those things. So in our in our game, it's it's certainly easier when you can measure it. You know, I go back to what when, when I was at Chelsea. The yeah. problem was is I could, I could have measure if I if I was to say to him invest ten thousand pounds. He would say to me, how much money am I going to get out yeah. of it? I didn't know back then. Yeah. If I go to an organization now and I say, pay us this, they'll say, what return can you make? And I can immediately say to them, it's going to be somewhere between this and this. But don't give us any money if we don't break even. And I can do that now, which I couldn't then. So the game has certainly changed uh, you know, in, in the positive. Brilliant. And I mean, they're making a judgment. You've made a call. You've used that word value. And at the end of the day, if there's something coming out of it, that value is probably now more measurable, is measurable, and also you can get the experience, awareness, and all the other things. Look, Luca, it's been, I haven't talked to you enough over the years. It's wonderful yeah. to hear somebody like you sharing. Uh, the passion just runs through everything, uh, uh, and I like to think that we, 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 we've got a lot going for us in that in that regard, if nothing else, but yes, we have loads. I'm going to come, go, sorry, I've got it. Absolutely. And I mean, I think, you know, just a bit of nostalgia before I let you go. Uh, I remember one of the first gigs I almost did 
in a kind of overt commercial way rather than me just, you know, doing my, as it were, day job in talking to students and many other things as well, was I wrote a couple of early blogs for you when you were just starting, I think. I can't even remember who I dealt with. But anyway, uh, but you've obviously grown a lot since then and, and, and I think everything is good that, that, you know, has grown alongside you and in so many other areas. Keep doing it, Luca. Be successful, and I'll be in touch with you nearer. Obviously, once I've got something to show you, as it were, but it'll be, you know, I'm putting everything together for publication deadlines around middle, late November. I've virtually finished everything now. I'm just fin- finishing off with some industry perspectives, and you'll be one of those. Uh, and once it's up and about, published sometime middle of next year. Um, I'll invite you to whatever we do to publish it. It's with Routledge, and hopefully we can do some cross collaborations, publicity wise, etc. Absolutely, and, and um, just to finish, if you ha- if you haven't already, um, please do share the Facebook plate with your yeah. with your students, yeah. you know, your university, and that. It'd be yeah. great to, to have the next generation, you know, knowing early on the types of things that that, that are happening in our world. Absolutely, and uh, you know, I'm doing quite a, a lot of global collaborations now with a couple of universities in America. I've got some coming over uh, across Christmas and New Year, so I might get in touch with you or somebody who could possibly, you know, contribute to that in one little way. But everything will definitely be, uh, as you suggest, you know, we'll we'll get it out there. Thanks, Luca. Absolutely, all the best. Alan. Yeah, cheers, my friend. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers, bye bye. Bye. Bye.